Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. I'm here with Chris. Chris, what's up? What up, man? What up, what up, what up? Uh, Chris, we got, a, we got a unique guest on the podcast today. Different than other guests that we've had on before. And uh, we want to pre-introduce you to uh, Mrs. Ashley, Ashley White. White. Um, because she's got a great story behind her, and that's the reason why we wanted to have her on the pod. Absolutely. And have her kind of retell that story um, and then give, like, just, you know, we're all about a non-judgmental environment. We're all about different, unique fan perspectives and wrestling being a buffet, right? Wrestling could be a buffet in a sense of you could like one type of show or promotion over the other, or wrestling can be a buffet in a, and it can, you can get real meta with it and say, I like WWE, but there are certain things I do like and don't like. So, like, getting different people on this podcast is something that we wanted to do, right? Right. Um, and, you know, it's, we, we've had fans. Uh, she has dubbed herself as a WWE super fan. Right. So, so yeah, definitely bringing different folks in and talking wrestling. That's what we're all about. And mm-hmm. with that mindset of uh, wrestling as a buffet, I think that's, that's perfect. Yep. And you'll bring that up in the conversation you're about to hear. Uh, I wanted to... Uh, I have a kind of a, a quick synopsis or bio of Ashley White that I just kind of wanted to read off here because I think this bio could, says it better than anything that I could say. Uh, so I'm just going to read this off here and we'll give you just a quick pre-introduction to like who Ashley is and then you'll kind of realize like why she's a guest in our podcast and all that thing, all those things. So uh, Ashley White is the complete opposite of what you expect from a diehard WWE fan. This Paul Heyman girl is adorable, fashionable, fun-loving, never without a pair of designer stilettos. Uh, She's brilliant in the fashion, can dissect and discuss WWE with the best of them. Uh, She was previously starred on Bravo TV's Princesses of Long Island, so reality TV. Uh, Kind of, right, reality TV kind of blends well with wrestling, so uh, you can see the the comparison there. A credits her positive attitude to family and friends, which you'll find out that she dubs The Shield. Um, and uh, and credits to WWE for helping her overcome the challenges she faced during her medical setbacks, which include a lupus diagnosis and three strokes. So she's been through some stuff. Uh, WWE helped her kind of get out of that dark time in her life. And that's just great because wrestling can appeal to so many different people. Like uh, with the Shimmer show I went to with our friend Greg at Greg Nasty on Twitter we were sitting next to a guy who had to be somewhere like in the 70s and 80s of his age. Like, mm-hmm. this is a really old man, and I'm a 28-year-old, and we're, like, kind of sitting and enjoying this. So, like, wrestling stretches forever. You know, then now forever, it's kind of a, a joke right. that we use, and it's a WWE slogan, but it, it's serious. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be young, old. Uh, you can find something to enjoy in the wrestling world. Um, so, kind of digging more into... Uh, what Ashley does here. Um, Ashley shares her story and uses her voice to help and inspire others. Um, in addition, she's very active with several organizations that help promote heart health awareness and raise money for lupus research. She currently sits on the Long Island Heart Ball Committee for the American Heart Association and was the survivor speaker at the 2013 Heart Ball as well as for the SLE Lupus Foundation of 2014 event. Um, so WWE Superfan has uh, you know overcome all the odds, overcome never never give up, right? Right, right. It's and she talks about that like getting inspired by John Cena before she mm-hmm. becomes a motivational speaker, and it's uh, 
it, you can find it, a lot, ton of inspiration in wrestling, and Ashley has a very inspirational story. Um, and here is our conversation with her. So without further ado, Ashley White. Ashley White. As a guest right now on the line, we have Ashley White. Ashley White is many things. Uh, most importantly, she is a lupus fighter. She is a reality TV star, a philanthropist, a motivational speaker, WWE super fan, et cetera, et cetera. But Ashley, uh, we thought you were a great guest just because you are uh, a different version of the quote unquote normal uh, stereotypical wrestling fan. And thank you for joining. We want to allow you to introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, in addition to all of that, I'm also a three-time stroke survivor, and that kind of, you know, helped me and formed, you know, my love for wrestling. Right. That's and really so- how I got into it. And that's great. I, I think I want to know a little bit more. I know, I know I've read articles kind of on that story. Uh, but I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. Uh, and this is a question that we ask all of our fans, whether we have on just local wrestlers to Chicago or just people that we see like at shows, we always ask the same question and we wanted to do the same to you. And that question is, what do you love about wrestling? So I know that's a broad question, but what are kind of like the aspects or the things that drew you in when you're going through this tough time that made you think, wow, this is something I could really sink my teeth into and latch onto. So, that's a great question, and that that question like really means something to me because right. it was it was on TV, and you know I sat down with my nephew and my father. I watched it when I was younger with my father, but it was on TV, and I instantly got sucked into it, and I really enjoyed it. It it became an outlet for me. It helped me, you know, heal. When I watched it, there was no there was no sick sickness at all. It basically okay. it basically was, you know, you know, like I said, an outlet and a way for me to for me to feel better when that's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I got into I got into the whole experience, you know, the the characters, the storylines, the matches, and what was great is I started tweeting about it. And getting noticed on Twitter by the wrestlers and having conversations with them, becoming okay. friends with them. And it just like snowballed. It's so cool. <laughs> That's great. Who, um, who would you say was uh, a, one wrestler that caught your attention from the start? From the start, um, Alberto Del Rio and. Oh, um, nice. Okay, well, yes, why, the, why those characters? <laughs> As a female fan, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they were not bad to look at. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's. I guess that's a good starting point for sure. And then you, you know, learn they more were about... Very, <laughs> yes, they were very handsome. I loved their whole gimmick. And I just loved their their talent it was great who doesn't love their energy like the energy of Dolph Ziggler really sucked me in I was just like wow this is great it's like a it's like a Broadway not a Broadway play but it's just like it's like a soap opera it's just like so great absolutely absolutely and that's what I'm trying and that's something that's like uh actually my girlfriend uses that example when she tries to explain because sometimes 
with be with being a wrestling fan, like comes a stigma. And uh, that's how my girlfriend uses that example. She basically says it's a it's a soap opera. And I think a lot of people just don't understand <laughs> that's exactly what wrestling is. And, and that's why kind of a bad stigma comes with it. But um, I'm glad that, you know, obviously you understood that aspect of it from the start. And yes, it's a uh, your girlfriend oh, and I should hang out. Yes, of course. Um, It's uh, a a common example I think that you use too is also, um, I believe when Mick Foley, who obviously you you know, um, he was, when he was going through, uh, I think he had a couple hip surgeries or something of that nature. And he did a, I think he did a a Twitter picture um, from him on the bed watching Raw on the TV. And he used like the phrase that Raw is always there for you. And, 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 it's crazy to think about when you compare this the WWE or wrestler lifestyle to other sports or sports entertainment. There is no off season. It's just a continuous mm-hmm. episodic show year after year. Every single Monday night, no matter what, even if there's a snow in, like there's going to be some type mm-hmm. of raw on the TV. So uh, that's kind of that's is, is that something where you're feeling where you're going through all of this? You're like you know every Monday, Tuesday night that you're going, these wrestlers are going to be there for you. Is that something you felt? Absolutely. And what's crazy and awesome is so many people have reached out to me and said, thank you for being so honest because WWE has been there for me too. And this is an outlet for me and I'm going through this. And, you know, when I watch Monday Night Raw or Tuesday Night Smackdown, you know, I don't feel those you know, feelings anymore. It's really what you said about Mick Foley. Like that's, I can't describe that better. Like you hit it. Like that's, that's exactly the way I feel. Awesome. And then, then, so since, since you pick kind of picked up this new, this, you found this new passion, um, is there, how do you explain kind of, uh, this wrestling world to people that are like non-wrestling fans or how do you explain to them like what it is and how you got into it? Like my girlfriend used the example of the soap opera. Is that what you use when people ask like, Oh, you're a wrestling fan. Why are you a wrestling fan? Well, to explaining to people why I'm a wrestling, not why I'm a wrestling fan, but explaining to people like about wrestling could be a full-time job. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yes. It really could because, but I tell them about the experience. I tell them my personal experience with them and it seems to get them excited. I get people really pumped about wrestling. I think it's my energy. They see my passion. A lot of people that I speak to used to watch it when they were kids and I bring back a lot of great memories that they had. You know, right. for mm-hmm. instance, for instance, my sister and my mom do not watch wrestling. So it's my nephew, my father, and I who, like, we're our own crew. We're like the shield of the family. We go to <laughs> all the events. That's great. We really do. We go to all the events, you know, try skate. We sit ringside. We try to get the wrestlers' attention. We just, like, we love it. And we always try to call them down and watch them. And I, I catch my sister, my younger sister, I catch my younger sister sometimes just so, like, staring at the TV, just watching, <laughs> smiling. And I'm taking video and pictures of her. And I'm like, I send them to her, and I'm like, 
a true fan. I'm like, see, I can see in your eyes you are enjoying this. And she says to me, you know what? I can see where your passion comes from. I'm I'm connecting with something. I tell mm-hmm. everybody there's something for everyone. Whether it's whether it's the music, when when the music hits and someone comes out with their entrance, like everyone gets pumped. Whether it's people get into their cheers and everyone's gimmicks, you know, their in ring talent or their fashion. There's something for everyone, but it's definitely a job. Right. One of the, the uh, phrases that we use uh, to heal center face is that wrestling is a buffet, right? There's always something there for everybody. Uh, some people might just like, the, you know, a certain gimmick. Uh, other people are just into the in-ring uh, action. Mm-hmm. Some people just enjoy the storyline and the suspense of things. So it's it's pretty cool to, you know, to hear you talk about that and, and saying that there is always something there for for everyone. Yes. Um, and, and you talked about how you used to watch it back in the day, but then you also you, you came back and, and started watching it and became a super fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. when we look at uh, the Raw 25 experience, how was that for you? Um, I mean, that's 25 years later, right after the first Raw. Um, how, how did you enjoy that or, or any, any opinion on, on, on the actual show? Yeah, so... Raw 25, I knew I was going to see the show. Uh, It took me, you know, probably longer to decide where I was going to see the show, Barclays or Manhattan Center, than I did finding my apartment. Uh, I chose Manhattan (laughs) Center. (laughs) I chose Manhattan Center because I knew getting into it that there weren't going to be a lot of matches. But what I wanted, as a newer-ish fan, I wanted to be... I wanted to be in history. I wanted to be with the OGs. I wanted, you know, to be where it all started. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I got. I loved it because I was not expecting matches. When I saw DX on come in the ring, I I flipped out. I'm telling (laughs) you, I was, I was actually standing up on my chair screaming going crazy we had those glow sticks people were throwing them in the air i might have got one you know hit in the head with one and it was just fantastic (laughs) you know seeing um the club come out it it was so great it was just um it was a -a one-of-a-kind experience and i you know I couldn't be more happy that I chose the Manhattan Center. Everyone in the Manhattan Center, I've never been to the Manhattan Center. I don't know if you guys have. It is so intimate. It was crazy how intimate it was. And so everybody was basically ringside, and mm-hmm. everyone got to bring home one of those chairs. Oh, cool. One of the Raw 25 superstar chairs. It was really cool. It was a great experience. Yes, and we've never been there, um, but we, I guess you could say we're familiar with uh, types of intimate settings uh, because we go to like a lot of independent shows here around Chicago mm-hmm. where we're based out of. So I, I can, definitely, can definitely confirm that... Um, that type of intimate setting and being that close to fellow fans only heightens the experience. Uh, Cause we've been at independent mm. shows where, you know, the, just the up, uplifting kind of roar of the crowd in that intimate setting can take a show to a whole new level. So um, I'm certain mm. that uh, that contributed 
to the entire uh, to the entire feeling, the rush that you were going through. Yeah, absolutely. That was my first time, and it definitely heightened my experience. Great. And then, not too uh, long after that was the Royal Rumble. Um, were you at the Royal Rumble, or did you watch that from uh, remotely? No, I I watched that from I watched that from the couch. Oh, okay, great. Is there where we'll, Oh, the Shield, right, right, right. Um, yeah. What were some things that the Shield uh, liked and or didn't <laughs> like about the Rumble? Like, what was your overall thought, kind of watching that? Because it was a huge uh, moment for women's wrestling, right? And then a huge yeah. debut at the end, kind of a controversial debut with Ronda Rousey. So, what was your uh, what was your take on the Royal Rumble overall? Um. You know, with WWE, you never know what you're going to get. There's always surprises when you think something's going to happen. The unexpected happens. They just pull the rug right out from under you. I think it was, you know, so naturally you knew legends were going to come back. I'm talking about for the women. Right. Um, You knew knew legends were going to come back, and I was really excited about that. However... I was psyched to see how many legends returned. I mean, mm-hmm. if the chant, you know, they still got it, was more relevant, you know, there than ever. I right. I couldn't believe they still got it was so great. They did not skip a beat. It was so exciting to see, like, Lita, Trish, Trish Status, um, Beth Phoenix, Tori Wilson, oh my, Michelle McCool. I was psyched about that. When <laughs> Guerrero walked out with "Excuse me," I mean, <laughs> it was just—I mean, it was so genius. And these legends, I mean, they look great. You know, Jacqueline—they—they they ran down the ramp. I feel like all of them they picked up right where they left off. Some. Um, I feel like some of the old rivalries, like unfinished business, you know, was settled, um, you know, they're mm-hmm. finishing moves. However, you know, when you brought up Rhonda, like, I agree, it was controversial. And my take on it is I, I didn't like it. I thought okay. that it was almost like a James Ellsworth move. And I mean that, he stole the moment of the ladder match. He completely stole that move. Right. Uh, you know, that, that moment, that mm-hmm. moment. You know, when people think of that, we think that now we had to see another one. They had to do another one. That's not right, right for a first ever ladder match. But, you know, Asuka deserved her, her moment. Like, that's not right. That was not. That was not cool. I, I I just feel like, would they have done that to Charlotte? Would they have done that to Alexa Bliss? I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like now bringing Ronda on, she has a lot to prove with yep. the audience. She has a lot to prove with the roster. I don't know. I'm just, it, it, it gets me kind of like, as you can hear, like, I'm kind of, like, not angry about it, but I just feel like it's really unfair. You did not hear, the day after, you did not hear, like, really one word about 
the first ever Women's Royal Rumble Oscar, it was mm-hmm. about Ronda. Right. And it just. Um, they could you know, have just I, saved I mean, that moment. Yeah, for maybe next Monday, uh, Monday Night Raw, bringing out Ronda and just letting Asuka have her moment and really solidify that that historic moment, right? Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was, you know, it was just, and then you would think, I know she's filming, uh, Ronda's filming a movie, and I understand that, but they had no mention of it on Monday Night Raw, which was like, a little disconnect. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I, you know, there's so much hype around Rhonda. And like I said, she needs to prove herself. I mean, absolutely. These, there's other women that really have been working so hard and deserve such a shot. You know, you're talking to a girl who still, who's still salty about <laughs> Becky Lynch <laughs> being thrown out of the ring so early on in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I she was one of our favorite picks. Yeah, and I can't tell you how upset I am about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, but, yeah. I'm really upset about that. Oh, it's true. It's true. Becky, uh, she kind of they play they play her in that uh, that lovable loser underdog role a lot, and that's kind of where she's been for a little bit now. So, um, and yeah, and consequent consequentially, she gets she's not one of like the final four or in the Royal Rumble mm. gets thrown out in the middle. So, um, I, I think Becky d- 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 needs a little love. So hopefully, uh, you know, we got some time before WrestleMania. So hopefully, she gets a moment uh, soon. Uh, but before that. We have the Elimination Chamber match. So I know, uh, as you just expressed, um, some feelings about how they handled kind of the the big moment afterwards and kind of overshadowing that around with Ronda Rousey's appearance. But do you feel more positive about uh, the first ever Women's Elimination Chamber match and how the, the stories will come out of that night? I do. And that's, you know, in life, I like to look at everything and go into every new experience, you know, feeling positive. So I feel really positive about this because, I mean, even as a female fan, you know, it gives me hope that the women will one day main event WrestleMania. We're just, you know, a little closer. Right. You know, we've we've really, you know, turned everything around that. I was psyched when they said that women's first ever um, elimination chamber match. This is great. I cannot wait. (laughs) Are you guys excited for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think they have a good mix of, and I'll I'll let Chris give his opinion too. I think they have a good mix of, of, uh, like kind of people who are really hot right now and cl- like the champion Alexa Bliss, but then they also have more newcomers like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. So I think mm-hmm. that if like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, I think this is like a really good opportunity to have them kind of hang around later in this chamber match, if possible, maybe have Bailey and mm-hmm. Sasha eliminate each other somehow. And then that becomes mm-hmm. a really good feud, which it was an NXT. And then, you elevate Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville who are newer and kind of need it. So 
I think it's they have just like a really good mix. And I think separating Nia Jax and Asuka from that allows you to not kind of taint what you're trying to do with them because you're trying to make them look like total badasses. Um, so don't put them into the, into this chamber mix and have them have their own separate yeah. match. So I, I think they did a really good job of like picking and choosing which specific women uh, go into it. Um, they just need to have a really good match now and the choreography and the booking needs to be there. So I'm excited though. Chris, what do you think? I, I agree a hundred percent. And what I really love, like you mentioned here is that you have some uh, like staple, uh, you know, characters here such as Alexa and mm-hmm. Sasha you throw in the experience of Mickey James and and I gotta say like lately like I've been watching you know Mandy Rose in the ring and she surprised me a whole lot okay uh, just seeing her from uh, the tough enough days and you know just seeing what she's doing now in raw like I'm super impressed and and I see a bright future maybe I'm hopefully I'm not speaking too soon but I definitely see Mandy Rose and then also Sonia Deville kind of, you know, as long as they protect her enough with that, uh, with the character of the UFC right. MMA fighter and now Ronda being in the mix. So if Sonia gets protected, well, I think, uh, you know, we're off to a great uh, group of, of women wrestlers that are going to, you know, take us to the next level. Right. I think it's, a, I think it's important to not forget that you have, you need to build future, future stars, which Absolutely. sometimes like gets overshadowed, especially in, you know, really big pay-per-views. You need, it, it's gotta be a good balance of your, your currents and your consistency and your strongholds are doing well, but then also the future is doing well. Um, so, so who walks out, out of the chamber with the title? That's great. So I actually, I'm going to throw this to Ashley. Um, Ashley, we're going to have you, uh, we're, we can all predict, but we're yeah. definitely going to have you predict um, some, uh, <laughs> all the three, right, I guess, the, the three matches that are announced, uh, at least so far. Let's, so let's start with the women's chamber match. So we have, a lot, it's for the title, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sony Deville, and Sasha Banks. So Ashley, if you had to, if you had to pick who's walking out, the champ. Mm, okay. Um, I'm going to pick, oi. All right. I'm going to pick Alexa Bliss um, because, because, because I see the bigger picture of I'm going into the Nia Jax and Oscar match because I Mm -hmm. see a, I I see a triple threat match for WrestleMania. I see Nia winning and them getting, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. No, that's that's how you need to predict. You need to predict for the future. So it makes sense. Yes. So I'm seeing Naya defeat. You know, I I just think that, you know, Asuka doesn't have to be undefeated. Like she's, she, you know, is scheduled. She's scheduled to fight at WrestleMania. You know, I know she's, she, um, WWE has pushed her as undefeated, but they're also pushing, it seems Nia Jax is the most dangerous, you know, women, woman in the, in the division. So I feel mm-hmm. like Nia Jax might win and somehow, you know, Kurt Angle's going to be like, it's going to be a triple threat match at WrestleMania, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, and Asuka, and boom, like, and then it's going to be main event. I think. What do you guys think? I think your booking absolutely, or like your predictions absolutely make sense. The hardest, I'm going to go with Bliss too in the chamber. I just think she's re- way too good right now. Um, 
And the hardest one to predict, I think, is Nia Jax versus Asuka because I personally would like the undefeated streak, probably broken at WrestleMania. Um, So I would Mm -hmm. want Asuka to win. But it makes sense to have Nia Jax do it. I just don't know if, like, the overall stage is large enough. If this is, I mean, an Elimination Chamber is a big deal, but it's still seen as not one of your big four pay-per-views. I did, but then again, mm-hmm. I think last year Charlotte had a what a pay-per-view undefeated streak, and she lost to Bailey at like Fast Lane. That might mm-hmm. have been two years ago, and uh, it was just kind of like something they could have saved to WrestleMania. They just ended it, and I was like, kind of like, huh, I guess that's okay. Uh, so to me, the stage doesn't feel big enough, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Nia Jax beat her and then like they use that momentum of the breaking of the undefeated streak to like lift Nia Jax into uh that triple threat match at WrestleMania. So I'm gonna go Asuka, but I understand the Nia Jax pick. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, for for me I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Ashley and, and say Nia Jax wins this one. Oh okay. Right. Uh I think uh they're mm-hmm. really doing a lot of promos behind Asuka and her undefeated streak. And I think by Nia, you know, uh Getting the pin over Asuka at this pay-per-view elevates both of them. I just I'm hoping for a really, really good match here. Yeah. That does not leave us with with a taste like like when it happened with uh Charlotte and, and Bailey, where it was like it was an okay match, but nothing memorable. Right. Uh in this match, I want to remember the match more than the result. Okay. That's a great and that's how you so, I feel that's like how, yeah. you should that's how you elevate point. everybody. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's how I'll go into it too. As long as the match is good, you know, I don't, that's how we like to watch mm, Chris yeah. and I is so it might not be the result we exactly want, but was the match and was the story that they told good, then we can't really, uh, we can't really hate on it, you know? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, we have the men's. So Braun Strowman, uh, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, the Miz, um actually I, I think you're a john cena fan correct a big john cena fan or or did i read I, that wrong somewhere? i'm a huge john i'm a huge john cena fan but not even like in the ring but also like out of the ring i find him so inspiring i'm a motivational speaker also and every time mm-hmm. i speak i turn on one of his promos like and something you know a promo from paul Heyman. And they just, like, really inspire me. But about this match, I'm telling you, this match right here gives me chills. How's that? I, I, you know what? I think this is going to be amazing. I really, I'm, I, I don't even know. I feel like, I think, I feel like Elias has a, a really, a really good chance. I really do. I think that makes sense because he's been on fire as of late. Yeah, he's really on fire. And, like, where has he been all this time? Like, I just love right. it. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell what, you, uh, early, you early January 2017, I went to an NXT non-taped show in Indianapolis, and Elias was on the card there. And uh, I got to tell you, the crowd, I know it's a smaller NXT crowd, which is different than a main roster crowd, but uh, for me personally, didn't care to see Elias in the ring. The crowd there didn't care to see Elias in the ring. It's like he wasn't even funny. And a year later, it's like a completely new person. 
Uh, it, it almost seems like wow. he can play the guitar better even. He might. He might have practiced. Um, so <laughs> it's crazy to see, like, I've kind of seen, uh, like, knowing him in NXT a little bit, I've kind of seen that progression. So I think that's really cool and a really good underdog pick. Uh, my heart wants yeah. him is here forever and always, but I'm going to oh, go wow. with my head and I'm going to say Roman, unfortunately. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I my heart here... wants John Cena. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was... I mean, everywhere you look at at this card, like at this match itself, it's like, oh, it could be Elias. Oh, well, maybe they'll give it to Finn. You know, Cena mm-hmm. can, you know, always main event, whatever. Um, right. But, you know, I think we're such in a hot streak of, of Roman and Elias that I think it's it's, it's hard to choose. Um, but whoever wins this match, um, you know, definitely, again, this is to me another one that has a, a lot of great talent that I want to remember this Elimination Chamber especially with the stuff that like this, this past raw with Strowman and Elias with the, with the guitar and that, that uh, I don't even know the name of that big instrument. I don't even know either. <laughs> that, uh, that but, Braun Strowman came cello? out with. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but like that segment was super entertaining. Um, both of these guys have been on fire. So my pick is between them two, Strowman or Elias. Okay. Hmm. This is good. And I feel like we all have different picks for that one. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll, uh, that'll be a good follow up. Uh, Ashley, we'll, we'll get back to you on Twitter and uh, we'll see, you know, who has the most uh, correctly predicted. Um, so I think I can't wait. With, yeah. With us picking all different people in that last one, it'll be a good kind yeah. of tiebreaker, hopefully. Um, yeah. That's great. So um, we uh, have been talking for a little bit and I think it's been a great conversation. We wanted to, open up the floor um, to you if you wanted to ask any questions. Um, we did have one question here about um, one more thing I think you would like to see to highlight the women wrestlers further, but I think you answered that by saying like having them have a main event at a really big pay-per-view. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. I just wanted to hammer home. Uh, but if you had any questions yeah. for us, uh, now's your time. Um, kind of. Who would you guys like to see a feud with? Um, just in general? Or are we talking men's, women's? Yeah. Um, you could. Uh, yeah, let's do um women's. Um, I I'm I'm personally in favor of the 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 heel heel Sasha Banks really with anyone because to me mm-hmm. to me NXT Sasha Banks was. A well or far and beyond better than main roster Sasha Sasha Banks, unfortunately. And I really just think that Sasha is better at being the boss and an evil boss and uh, someone who just gets under people's skin. And one of the, like, honestly, one of the best feuds I've ever seen in NXT was a heel Sasha Banks against Bailey. And they had two really, really off the charts matches. So I want to get back to that. I want to get back to a heel Sasha Banks. We can throw in Bailey. That's fine. If we want to throw in like a nice, another good, lovable um, uh, woman's babyface wrestler, that's okay. I think just like Sasha getting back to what she like, kind of her roots, I want to say, or her NXT roots, and what she was really, really good at NXT is something that I just really think she needs right now. I think her and Bailey have kind of sputtered a little bit from NXT to to the main roster. So I'm gonna say heel Sasha Banks. Like a vicious one. This is someone who made uh, that Izzy girl of Bailey's like super fan. Someone who made her cry <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at NXT. Like 
yes, that was a sad <laughs> moment, but also like as a wrestling fan, you're like, God, Sasha Banks plays such a good villain. Um, so yeah. I kind of want her to go back to that and feud with Bailey. I hope hopefully that's kind of like a doesn't need a title, but it's like a good WrestleMania match between those two. So I'm gonna go with that. What do you think, Chris? So I'm gonna pick it back off of Sasha Banks being a heel and a great heel. Uh, what we saw of her in NXT, right? Having that at the main roster with a super lovable baby face, um, at least that I think we will be seeing in the upcoming months. Okay. Which that being Candice LeRae. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, we've been fortunate enough to see Candice LeRae here in the local independent scene. Mm-hmm. Um, now that she's in the main roster, um, you know, I, I still have, I want to see her character develop a little bit more in NXT um, because right now she's pretty much just playing Johnny's wife. Right. Um, but we know she she can be uh, over the top baby face. Yes. Um, so I would like to see a heel Sasha versus uh, a lovable baby face Candice LeRae. Okay. Uh, that's good. I think an honor- honorable mention would be, I think like Nia Jax and Bliss have the potential to have a really good feud too because they are such good friends outside mm-hmm. the ring. Um, yeah. So like there's definitely a chemistry there. So I think that would be a good one too. Maybe like, and then total opposites, right? Like size-wise, like so, you know, have big, right? You know, powerful, uh, you know, powerhouse, and then heelish, strategic, sneaky yeah. Alexa Bliss, right? And Nijax has the ability to like put someone over who's a lot shorter and smaller than she is. Like mm-hmm. she did it with mm-hmm. Bailey and NXT. Bailey would just jump on her, like almost like jump on her back and just like piggybacker and try to put in a sleeper hold and it does the sleeper hold would take like 10 minutes to right to work but Nia Jax would be like selling at the entire time so um she has the ability to work with smaller individuals she's very versatile in that sense um but that's a great question actually I uh I'm excited thinking about the potential that 2018 has great awesome so actually you've been a, a if you don't have any more questions you've been a, a fantastic guest um and someone who we've enjoyed having on like I said we like to talk to many different people, anything that makes our podcast unique. Um, and I think you brought some unique perspectives here that we don't get to hear very often. Uh, but if you don't have any more, we'd like to just give you the floor to uh, promote or plug your social media handles or just like any upcoming events or because I know you're doing a lot of things or any upcoming things that you're doing, uh, you know, within your career. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And I had so much fun. Thank you very much for having me. So I have a couple events coming up. I'm on the Lupus Research Alliance Young Leaders Board. We're having a Soul Cycle fundraising event. It's March 24th, and you can get all the information on my social media at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, White 23. I'm also on the American Heart Association, Long Island Heart and Stroke Ball. And we are having, yeah, we're having heart, Long Island Heart and Stroke Ball, uh, April 26th. You can get okay. my, all the information at Ashley White 23. I am also working on a podcast and I am very excited about that. You can get okay. more information on my social media. So that's Ashley White 23 all across Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Same, Ashley White 23. 
Awesome. Great. Thank you. Great. Well, let us know when that uh, when that podcast launches and, uh, you know, we'll definitely be listening to uh, to what's going on in your life. But thank you so much again for um, for just being an awesome guest and for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, guys. There's not a